I am the champ. Oh my god. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, <didn't. laughs> I, I believe that is the quadruple. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on. Any trade that involves you getting Drew Locke, you probably lost. Well, I guess everyone knew more than I did. The amount of times that you have been on stage with less than reputable clothing. Yes, indeed. We have no shit. Enough said on that. I can neither confirm or deny. Shout out to um, Raccoon Red. Clearly, I have a lot of opinions about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Fantasy Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. Wow, what a week one, Mark. What a week. Uh, great first week to get into the season. And we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, our fantasy teams, lots of injuries um, that happened, some great games. Great games. Um, of course, an obligatory Seahawks reference will, I'm sure, oh, pop the up somewhere best obligatory. The yes. Um, but... Um, but yeah, so how how are you doing? How how was the how was the first uh, first weekend of uh, football for you? Oh my gosh, so many great yep. games that were frustrating up all the way into the very very end. Uh, I watched four of these games all the way through, and I just oh, I'm exhausted. How about you? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was a great weekend. Just so many talking points. Some so many close finishes, great games, even mm -hmm. um, a draw that happened too that we will the get into. The worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen, of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> a draw is better than a loss. <laughs> I mean, you're finally understanding the American mentality. But speaking of the American mentality, it's time for me to throw in a couple of shameless social media plugs. Uh, everybody out there listening, uh, please check out our social media platforms. We are on Instagram at Improper Fantasy Football. We still have our Twitter account that we are tweeting at much more frequently. That is at Improper Fantasy. And as always, you can email us at Improper Fantasy Podcast to be able to ask us questions or throw out ideas. Of course, you could throw any of those questions onto the Twitter or the Instagram. But please engage with us, interact with us. We would love to hear what you're thinking of the podcast so far. Yeah, um, as Mark said, we, we just started a new Instagram page. So please, please, if you get a chance, follow us on all our social media. Why don't we get straight into it? Mark, lead us off. Well, we had a little bit of the more things change, the more things stay the same as far as our week one stat leaders uh, for the week. Uh, Pat Mahomes was the leading fantasy stat points provider for the quarterback position. 360 yards and five touchdowns. Don't think anybody's shocked about that. Saquon Barkley returning to form 164 yards rushing and a touchdown with six receptions and 30 yards on the ground what a monster comeback for him let's just hope that he stays this way the whole season I would love to be proven wrong about what I think about like as far as like fragility is concerned but man what a great way to be able to like try to prove everybody wrong Justin Jefferson may have beast. been the most exciting player the entire Absolute weekend. Beast. Justin Jefferson tearing apart the Packers secondary. 184 yards and two touchdowns on nine receptions. Travis Kelsey, I mean, he's just the best tight end in football. Yeah. No, 121 yards and a touchdown. For defense, the Steelers, depending on your league points position, the Steelers were the most dynamic defense all weekend long. But that may drastically change due to that devastating injury to TJ Watt. Yeah, I, I, some of the stat leaders you brought up, um, I don't think anyone's surprised. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, I think he went out there trying to prove people, you know what, we don't mm -hmm. have Tyreek Hill, but I'm still Patrick Mahomes. And I think he showed yep. everyone why he's still the best quarterback in the league. Just, you know, threw it down against the Cardinals. Um, and I think it shows that the Chiefs are going to be fine when you still have Travis Kelsey. And you've got Juju Smith-Schuster still there, who, who had a pretty decent game. Patrick Mahomes is Mahomes. Saquon Barkley, yeah, it was, it was great to see him, you know, kind of roll back the clock, as it were. He's just been plagued by injuries. We talked about this, um, you know, over the last few weeks, that Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, there's, there's massive upside. I mean, if Saquon Barkley carries on this, I mean, he'll, he'll be the best running back in the game. And, and on form, on talent, he is one of the best running backs in the game. So, 100%. Um, but so it's the it injury great. bug that we're concerned about. Well, exactly. And, and, you know, Justin Jefferson again. I mean, we've touched on this too, that he is arguably the best receiver in the game. Um, I think mm -hmm. he is well on his way to being the best receiver in the game. He is an absolute monster. I'm, I'm kind of ruining not picking him 
because uh, I didn't take him with my first pick. And I, I took Austin Eckler and I think Justin Jefferson was just behind him or maybe two, two behind him. But, you know, them's the breaks, as uh, uh, Alice did. Boris Johnson said a few weeks ago, a few months ago. But, <laughs> um, um, yeah, Travis Kelsey, no surprises there. I mean, he's the best tight end in the game. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the Steelers' defence being the top top scorer, top scoring defence is a little bit surprising, but they 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 always have a great defence. So, yeah, the stat leaders, you know, there are some very common names that you expect to be there a lot during the season. I think Saquon Barkley was a little bit of a surprise, but yeah, let's hope he can still stay stay fit and, and continue that. Because um, you picked him up, didn't you? Saquon Barkley. You, you have Saquon Barkley. League? Don't? Yeah. Uh, I do. I do have Saquon Barkley. I picked him up with the third round pick uh, to be able to grab wow. him. Najee Harris, then Aaron Jones, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take a flyer on Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And well, ultimately, he was the biggest producer on my entire team, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, did you play him, though? You did play him. Yeah, he was in my flex. Oh, okay. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, well, well, you know, that's a great segue into our week one. How, how did you do? Started off you know, looking pretty good. Uh, I had a win over Nicholas. A, a little bit of a nail-biter at the very end, just because Nicholas had Russell Wilson and Javante Williams. I had Cortland Sutton, so I had a little bit of a buffer to kind of stave off what he was doing. But ultimately, I won by about 11 points or so. How did you do? A win is a win is a win is a win. That's oh all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you... Why, you, do you have you. a problem with that, Mark? Uh, I mean... So, I, I, I won by 30 points. That's a massive, so, so, that's a, that's a massive huge, that's a beatdown. You are what your record says. And right now, Biz <laughs> is 1-0. and zero, But I do want to point out to our listeners that Biz scored the third lowest points in our league this past week, beating out Ryan, who unfortunately had Aaron Rodgers on his team, who did not show up, George Kittle, who I don't believe played, the Packers defense, who got torched, Derek Henry, who was okay, but nothing particularly great. Meanwhile, Biz, uh, none of his players really like, like played up to their level. I think the only player on your team that matched the point total or got higher was Jerry Judy. But everybody else underperformed all weekend long on your team. But a win is a win. A win I'm is a sorry. Win. The, the way you're talking about this, it, it's as if I lost by 50 points. You didn't. I said a win. Did, a, win said a, a win is a win. A win is a win is a win. I scored 106 points. Yeah, it's not great. It's not no. terrible. It's the not worst terrible. out of all of the winners in the league. I, I, th- I think that the phrase semantics comes into uh, comes into play. It wasn't great. <laughs> but Antonio Gibson had a great game. I was happy I Did. put him in my flex. Jerry Judy had a very good game last night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Keenan Allen... Uh, injury worries. Um, That's concerning. He, he started off, I mean, he had four receptions for 66 yards. If he had finished out the game, who knows what his final stat line would have been. Nick Chubb does what Nick Chubb does. Austin Eckler had a very poor outing. I'm a little bit worried about him. Um, I wouldn't be worried long-term because the Raiders' front seven really, really stopped him down. And by having Mason Crosby and Chandler Jones constantly in the backfield that really makes it difficult to establish a running game. Uh, I yeah. wouldn't be worried for the long term of the season. Yeah, and, and you know, I think there are all these t- tempters after week one to be like, oh my God, I, I'm going get, to get rid of, you know, I've already thought, oh my God, do I stick or twist with Trey Lance? I mean, yeah. he, he had a horror show, but obviously we're not going to touch, you know, we're not going to go into detail about that game, but did you see the field? It looked like, I mean, the Horrible. weather there was just so... To have these stats and say, because already people have said, oh, is it time for them to go back to Jimmy G? And you're like, well, you gave him one week. You can't do that. And let's yeah, see This him. is his first year being the, the, the <laughs> French starter. Yeah. Give him a chance. Yeah. Give him a so, chance. But I am going to say that I, I'm almost tempted to plug and play Trevor Lawrence, who didn't have a great game against Washington. but Nobody looked it, fine. He looked fine. And I'm tempted to, you know, we, we talked about this after the draft. My team is solid if i'm spectacular and not particularly sexy but everyone everyone kind of did their job and got me a win dallas goddard had a good game and you know the interestingly that you know the, the player that i undenied all week about starting but decided against was michael thomas he played he fine had a, he had a, he had a yeah. monster game he had monster two touchdowns 
five receptions, 57 yards, 20, 20 points, almost 21 points. And I was debating with him and Jerry Judy, and as it turns out, it wouldn't have mattered because they both scored the same. But, you know, obviously with Keenan Allen questionable for the next few weeks, he probably isn't going to play. You know, I may well put Michael Thomas in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've already started to think, well, do I get another quarterback? But, you know, a win's a win is a win. And what do they always say with, for championship pedigree teams? You have to win ugly. And that is what I did last week. It was an ugly win, but I got the win. And the champion starts off with a win. 1-0. and and for our colleagues in our league who are waiting to hear their names called, we do have a list of winners from this past weekend. Of we course, did. myself and Biz did start off with a week one win, as did Ned and Roger and Jerry and Andy. Two of those players, by the way, did not have great feelings following their drafts. Uh, Jerry and Andy were uh, a little frustrated regarding the speed between picks, but both of them started off strong. Both of them started off with wins, and yeah. we'll see how that continues going forward. One last thing I want to talk about fantasy-wise before we move on. Uh, there were four players, one at each position, that I think shocked everybody with how well that they performed. Uh, the first one I want to bring up is Carson Wentz having kind of a breakout day with the Washington Commanders. D did you expect him to have this type of success in week one? So unbelievably, I uh, well, no, I don't think anyone did. Um, I believe he was one of the, he was in the top five fantasy quarterback performers of last week. Yeah, 313 and four touchdowns. Four touchdowns, two picks. Now, I, I watched um, a lot of that game live. And I never thought, you know, the one o'clock game was I'd sit down and watch, oh, the, the Jags against the Washington football team, as I still like to call them. Um, and it ended up being a, a really, really good game. And Carson went again through his obligatory two picks in succession, I might add. And you start to think, and then Trevor Lawrence goes down the other end puts them in field goal range. They go up 15-14, I believe. And then Carson Wentz, to his credit, he played really well down the stretch. He threw two great touchdown passes. Curtis Samuel looks, you know, like a decent, like building rapport with Carson Wentz. But, but again, I just, it's week one and I can't help but, fear, but think this is not going to last. It's Carson mm. Wentz. And I, there's part of it because I just talked about, you know, I've thought, do I add him? Do I add him and, and not play Trey Lance? But there's part of me that's like, no, if I do that, I'm just, you know, you're, you're giving into it. Like, we've seen Carson Wentz in history, kind of what he's like. And he had a great game. He really did. But you need to see more of it. You need a body of work, at least over the next six or seven weeks, to think, and maybe he's off the board by then. I don't think anyone in our league is going to pick him up unless, obviously, some Dak Prescott, obviously, we'll talk about that a bit later, but he's down for seven or eight weeks, you know, if you need a streaming option. But uh, I'm, I'm not sold on Carson Wentz, but I'm going to give credit where credit is due, and he played really well. It's important to note that while Carson Wentz had a phenomenal fantasy game, uh, he had an overall not great quarterback rating week. Uh, last week, we had five players that had a quarterback rating of 75 or higher. Tua, Kirk, uh, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. But uh, Carson Wentz ranked 20th out of eligible quarterbacks as far as a quarterback rating is concerned. Now, as far as fantasy is concerned, I don't care how well or how poorly you play as long as you put up fantasy points. And, and that ultimately may be the deciding factor on whether or not people pick him up. It, he's, he may not lead them to a lot of wins, but, you know, right now he's working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, second player I want to bring up. I don't think anybody expected the name Dontrell Hilliard from the running back position. Uh, but he was essentially trying to help the Titans figure out what their passing game is. Uh, he lined up as that pass out of the backfield on third down backs a lot for Ryan Tannehill. And he got found for 61 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Uh, from a receiving perspective, I don't think we can expect that type of production from him the long term. But at the same time, it's interesting to note that they are looking to go out of a kind of a flex back position between Hilliard and uh, Henry, at the very least for week one. Yeah, I was I was surprised about that, too. I think they were trying to figure out kind of what to do. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Derek Henry's their bell cow. And it's, it it's reminds me a little bit of you know, the, the, the Cleveland backfield, because Nick mm -hmm. Chubb is the, you know, he, he had a monster game, but 
he didn't he didn't have a touchdown. And that is often people say the problem with Nick Chubb that he he racks up all the yards and then they get to the red zone, they get to the goal line and they give it to Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt, yep. I believe, had two touchdowns. So I think he, he had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Yeah, he was one of the best. Yeah, and as a goal line back, um, Kareem Hunt often gets the, 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 the touches in the red zone. And I believe he ended up outscoring Nick Chubb. Um, but yet Nick Chubb overall had a better stat line. Um, so it's, it's, always, it's always difficult with that. And I think that that's kind of what happened here with, with, with the Titans. I think they're just sort of trying to figure out are they going to have kind of a third down back, sort of receiver out of the backfield? Hilliard had a, had a good game, yeah. We've talked a couple of times about whether or not the Jaguars are going to be in ascendant season, and Christian Kirk has started his campaign to silence the critics. Six mm. receptions for 117 yards and two touchdowns in his debut as mm. the lead receiver for the Jaguars. What do you think about that? He was, he was a monster, actually. I mean, you could see the rapport that he was building and the chemistry he was building with Trevor Lawrence. We did talk about this. I mean, the Jacks, Jacksonville was not going to be as bad as they were. And to be honest, they even showed that on, on Sunday. They competed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't until the end, you know, towards the end of the game where Washington started to kind of move out of reach. Jacksonville competed. They played hard. And, and they have talented players now there. Christian Kirk, people forget, he had some really big games in Arizona too. He can be a legit number one. And they've also got Marvin Jones Jr. So he, he had a really big game. I mean, again, he was someone that people were targeting in the later rounds for wide receiver pickups. And if he's still available in, in certain leagues, which he may well be in like 10-team leagues maybe or an 18-team league, mm-hmm. go and get him because I think, I think he's only going to get better. Uh, last but not least, for our biggest surprises, O.J. Howard, who we speculated mm. may be going to the Bengals a couple of weeks ago, ends up signing with the Texans and then catches two passes for 38 yards. Both of those passes went for touchdowns. Solid <laughs> pre- debut performance for O.J. Howard, former first-round pick. It is. It's, um, we, we, we spent a bit of time talking about him, I believe, in our tight end episode. Yeah. Uh, because I think he's been in the league, what, four or five years now? Something um, like that, yeah. And there was always this high upside potential. I remember when he, when he first went to um, Tampa Bay, everyone was like, oh, he's going to be a stud. And he just he d- didn't even play half the time. Obviously, they had Gronk, re-signed Gronk. Cameron Braid as well. Yeah, Cameron Braid. And he just he sort of never shows potential. I, sometimes these stat lines, and obviously there's a premium on touchdowns, and I understand that in fantasy, but it, it, it's slightly, if you take away the touchdowns, which I know people will say, well, that's dumb, but he had two receptions. So it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a reach to say, okay, well, you know, yeah, he did in terms of fantasy. Yeah. He had a great game, but I would rather stick with a volume tight end who you'll know is more involved, who is going to get receptions elsewhere and not just like one target in the red zone. So that's just where I'm, I'm going, but maybe he'll continue. He is going to be probably their, their number one option. You know, he may well get more targets as the season goes, goes on. Yeah, it's just unclear a little bit with yeah. with OJ Howard for the time being. But, you know, if, if you want to take a spec on a, a tight end and you think that you need a backup for some reason, uh, he, he's certainly not a bad pickup. We had a number of injuries that are fantasy relevant this week one. A lot of players getting their first serious playing time. Sometimes it was just a fluke. Sometimes, you know, it's just not being really physically ready. Of course, the biggest injury from week one is Dak Prescott. Sounds like he had a fracture on one of his fingers. Looks like it was his throwing hand as well. He's going to be out from seven to eight weeks. Yeah, that's the, that's the big one. It's a massive loss. He's their, he's their franchise player. He was injured last year for a bit. It's, it's a massive blow to the Cowboys, obviously, that we always have sort of playoff aspirations. And mm-hmm. I, I think, I know it's early to say, I mean, there's 16 games left. And a lot of people have said, okay, well, if he comes back, if he's out, for eight weeks and he comes back week nine and they're four and four, it still gives them a shout, which, which it does. A bad division, so sure. Yeah, it's a bad division. So that, that it's, all is not lost. I'm tempted to, you know, do the Stephen A approach and think, <laughs> their, se- I think their season is over. Because I, eight, eight weeks is a basically, I mean, even if he's out six weeks, it's, it's basically half the season. And that's a lot. And I, I just don't think Cooper Rush is going to be that person that can kind of steady the ship. So, yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to, to say I, th- I, think, I think they're done already, which is, is you know, it's, it's bad to say this early in the season, but when you lose your, your main guy 
you know, this league's all about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I can't see them steadying the ship. Oliver has Dak Prescott in our league. Uh, he does. One of the big reasons why he ended up having the second fewest points in our league is because Dak only had four and a half total points, although he was having a pretty abysmal game before the injury that Tampa defense was smothering. It, it, it's going to be hard to be able to pick yourself up without having your number one quarterback. Uh, it looks like Oliver took my advice from earlier in the preseason and doesn't have a backup quarterback right now. Um, but, you know, there, well, there are plenty of quarterbacks to be able to pick up. Carson yeah. Wentz is available. There, there are a lot of, is still available in our league, too. Lots of, lots of good options that are available there for are. the long term. So oh, I don't gosh. think it's that big of a long-term loss just because you do have options out there. But it just really sucks that you have one of your top your first 10 picks is already gone. I do. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to this early make a plea with Oliver to, to still keep playing. You know, all is not lost, as you said, because last mm-hmm. year, I believe, he had, I, I believe he had Lamar Jackson. There I we can't go. remember. I maybe he did have Tyler Murray. Anyway, uh, but um, you can edit this bit out. But, I will. Yeah, I just, um, I, I hope um, that, uh, Oliver, there are still some good quarterbacks on our waiver wire. So, so, so pick one of them up and, and continue, continue to play, play hard. To be honest, you might even get a quarterback that's going to be better than Dak Prescott anyway. So. <laughs> he certainly didn't show a lot of great stuff his first week. So no, he's that's true. Limit. Before he got you can injured. only go You're up right. from here from a, from a quarterback perspective. I <laughs> just want to say, so, but what are your thoughts on the Cowboys that they're sitting with, without Dak Prescott for the next uh, six to eight weeks? I mean, if they play as poorly as they did against the Bucs, I think that they're in contention for one of the top five picks. I don't think that's who they are. Um, I think I you put it so nicely. <laughs> well, sure. I don't think that's who they are. I think they're probably more of a middle-of-the-road team. I think they're probably going to be somewhere between seven and nine wins for the entire season. But they do get to play the Washington football team twice a year. They're looking better, though. They do get to play the Giants twice a year. They're looking better, though. And I do trust their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, to be able to do something well with this. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries on their offensive line. Jason Peters didn't play this past game. I think he's still trying to get used to the system and get back into shape. And I do trust him as a left tackle. So I do think that at at the second half of the season, when they get Dak Prescott back, I think they're going to be a little bit more of a force to be reckoned with. But I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-road team, and they're going to be fighting in that scrum to be able to stay relevant within their division. Uh, But ultimately, not particularly relevant. Maybe Zeke can finally get going. Get going, Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, Najee Harris left the game for the Steelers in the third or fourth quarter. Uh, people were speculating that he might be gone for an extended period of time. It looks like he avoided any serious injury, and he may actually just be back for this next week. Not so with Elijah Mitchell, who suffered an MCL strain, and it looks like he's going to be out three to six weeks. Yeah, San Francisco, they're often very unlucky with running backs. Is there running yeah. backs just last year they had issues with with running backs a lot of them I, I don't know i don't know what it is but it's it's odd to me like is it i believe last year i called out whoever was their strength and conditioning coach and said he's probably really bad at his job that, because uh, you know it's it's like that you know we plugged him a lot Stephen a already but like you know if it walk if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck it ain't a damn mongoose and so i'm just like that they, they, to me that that it's just odd that they're just constantly going down. And I do think yeah. you might have to look at what, what's going on. Like, to me, it's just not a coincidence. Having said that, it is a big loss. I mean, three to six weeks, you know, he was supposed to be the number one. Um, and they are a, a, a sort of run heavy. They like to mix, you know, they're, they're very, with uh, Kyle Shanahan there, they, they, they run the ball a lot. That's what, that's what they like to do and, and, and mix things up and get play action going. And, and so... Um, yeah, it's um, particularly for a team that, again, had... They, you, they, they've got all the talent in the world. I mean, we know, obviously, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. They've got a stellar defense. They have playoff aspirations. My, my Super Bowl pick <laughs> before the Bucks. So, <laughs> you know, I, it, it seems like, obviously, Jeff Wilson will, you know, pick up the slack whilst Elijah Mitchell's out. So... Again, there's... Uh... Well, you may see more carries with Debo. Too. Yes, absolutely. Although I don't think he'll be... Despite yeah, what he I was wants. Say, I don't think he's going to be very happy about that, is he? But I'm no, sure fantasy owners will be. So, uh, Also, as far as relevant 
uh, injuries are concerned, T. Higgins left the Bengals game with a concussion. Uh, good news, it looks like he avoided any serious problems with the concussion. He's been improving steadily throughout the testing that they've done through Monday. And uh, there, there's some optimism that he may re be ready to go as early as week two. Yeah. Um, well, we just I hope he, he clears concussion protocol and, and, and can get back. Keenan Allen also out with an injury. Looks mm. like he's going to be gone for possibly two or more weeks with a hamstring injury. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's worrying for me. I have Keenan Allen. I, I took him with my second round pick. Um, and he's a legit number one receiver. And I, I think um, hamstring injuries are always tricky because, because, tricky. because it's, that's what you, you run off. You, 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 know, you get your leverage and your spring from that. And so I think two plus weeks. But then it's going to take him maybe another two or three weeks for him to sort of get his legs back too. So I just hope he comes back as soon as is feasibly possible and help my team. Because, yeah, I'm, the wide receiver spot was the one area that, of my team that I was a little bit down on. You know, Keenan Allen was my one sure thing at wide receiver. And I was, I was worried about my sort of wide receiver two spot. So now I may have to go into the waiver wire and see what options are there. But... Um, yeah, so I, you know, Keenan Allen get better soon. Hope, hope you're back in a few weeks. Yeah, if there's anybody else that you are concerned about from an injury perspective, let us know on our Twitter at Improper Fantasy. We have a couple of games that we wanted to talk <laughs> about from this past week, and I'm going to take the lead on this. Here it comes. Uh, Here I'm it emotional. Comes. Obligatory Seahawks. I, I stayed up last night. <laughs> I, I, how Jimmy. many times did I text Drake. this exact phrase last night? I know I texted you. I texted every single fantasy fantasy league that I'm in. This exact phrase, the Seahawks better not be tempting me with hope. You did text me that. Now, I, I'm not proclaiming that the Seahawks are going to go undefeated. I'm not <laughs> proclaiming that they're going to have, they're going to win the division title. I'm not proclaiming we're going to have a winning record. I'm not even saying we're going to win another game as the season goes on. But we needed this win. From a healing perspective, <laughs> from a from a community of fans that have been loyal throughout the longest time, people who had to endure the Rick Meyer, who had to endure Touchdown Jesus, the good times, the bad times. The last decade was great, but losing Russell Wilson was terrible. And last night was a really, really good step towards healing towards moving on. <laughs> Geno Smith looked phenomenal last night. Looked phenomenal for the first half. He looked phenomenal for the first half. I'm not saying he's a fantasy stud. I'm not saying that we have solved all of our problems. Our, our, our two rookie tackles looked great last night up until the point that Charles Cross gave up two sacks to, to Bradley Chubb. Um, but if we can continue to look like this for the rest of the season, I think that we've got a legit shot at winning seven or eight games. I probably would still want to lose more games just so we can have <gasps> a higher pick. But, 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 hold on, hold on. Looking at this quarterback class, again, early in the season, it looks like that there are probably closer to four or five decent quarterbacks that are going to be in this draft. And we may be able to still get somebody decent if we have like the 13th or 14th or 15th pick which may be closer to where we end up if yesterday is any indication. But I think yesterday was more indicative of what the Broncos are like rather than what the Seahawks are like. But this was just a great, great night. And I am exhausted and emotionally spent. <laughs> Biz, what were your thoughts? Oh, God. I, I almost feel I, sh I should say nothing after that heartfelt, emotional, devotional soliloquy from a diehard Seahawks fan. Um, first of all, I love how you, you're, you are adv advocating for the team to tank. I love it. How you, you, your shame knows no bounds. But Trust the process. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Um, wow. So my takeaways, first of all, you're right. G Gino Smith looked brilliant. I, I, was, I was absolutely gobsmacked. Like, I... I was completed his first 17 pass attempts. I was just overall, he did everything you wanted and more. I hate to bring up this term game manager, but he was game manager and then some. He actually took the game to Fine. them. Um, he looked he looked like a, a legit NFL starter and it and it was 
unbelievable to me that this is a guy that effectively has been a backup for the last six or seven years since he started at the Jets. Obviously, you have to give credit to Pete Carroll and the coaching staff. Like they've obviously coached him up because he he looked he looked good, and the future is not as bleak as I think it was with the outlook of this season. If he continues to play like that, they look they look good. Rashad Penny did his thing. You, I know you picked him up in your fantasy team. You know he went on a tear at the end of last season. He look he looks a, yeah. a legit number one option. They looked much better than I think a lot of people thought, and I think it. I think it's good for the league when when the Seahawks are good because they've been sort of one of the premier franchises over the last sort of ten years, and um, you know we all know it's like a rabid fan uh, fan base down there. I, th- I think it's I think it's great for the league when um, the Seahawks are doing well. My takeaways on the flip side <laughs> are the Broncos looked. If you, if you just take it in a vacuum, Broncos looked very good too. They were marching up and down the field. I mean, Russell Wilson did his thing. He threw for 300 yards on a touchdown. But Javante Williams. Javante Williams looked um, really, really, really good. good. I mean, legit. Up until the point where he coughed, coughed that well, ball. It, well, the line, and that's the thing. I mean, in the red zone, it was like they were deer in headlights. They just, they, and it's, you see, that's the thing. It's not just you don't convert, but then you, you fumble and then you give the ball away. Um, just it doesn't inspire confidence. I think they're going to be fine. There were some bright spots. I mean, Jerry Judy, I mean, he's one of my receivers. He looked good. Um, Cortland Sutton looked good. I think it's only going to get better. Russell Wilson looked good. He actually looked better than I thought he would in, in a debut with a new team. But I will say, you know, this is already, and we should bring this up, like, what do you think about, because people are already talking about it, the decision at the end. Because I, I actually think they made the right decision. I, I personally think you have a kicker with one of the best legs in the game. I personally think you probably got a better shot at making a 64-yard field goal, which I know is only be, is that it would have been tied second longest. But I think you've got a better chance of making that than completing a fourth and five. It wasn't fourth and one. It wasn't fourth and two. It was a fourth and five. That doesn't happen very often particularly in, a, in an end-of-game situation where you're planning for it. And, but yet people took that out of a vacuum and say, oh, what, you, you've taken the ball out of your franchise quarterbacks like a Hall of Famer's hands. And I'm like, well, it's not as simple as that. It's, there's more nuance to it because, like I said, it wasn't fourth and inches. It's fourth and five. So I don't know the analytics on that. I mean, you, you, you're, you're more the X's and O's analytics guy than I am. I would go in my gut. And I personally think Nathaniel Hackett did the right thing. I'd be like, this guy's got a leg. And if you, we all saw the field goal. If, if it was, direction was right, it would have gone in by, by five yards. He probably could have hit it from 67 and it would have gone in. He, he missed it wide right. But yeah. Two points I want to bring up on that last decision. And, and then we really should move on just because there was so much that happened this yeah, past week. Uh, the two points that I want to bring up is the statistics I saw. Uh, Russell Wilson in situations where it's fourth down and five or more yards, is 54% in completing that fourth down, which is the highest in the league over the course of his career. So you have more than a 50% chance of getting that first down when it's fourth down in that situation. Now, your team, if you're the Broncos, has been getting stuffed and stymied in very, very key points throughout the entire game. So maybe it was the coaching staff that was looking at the momentum. The thing to remember about Brandon McManus and the fact that he has one of the, quote, better legs in the league, he is the Denver Broncos kicker, which means he normally plays a mile high, which means that he normally gets his uh, kicks to go a little bit straighter because there's less resistance in the air and they can travel a little farther. He's at sea level for this game. Mm. Like, the stadium is right on the sound. Yeah, yeah, no. So you can't get like a different, a, a wider difference in elevation, comfort, and change between what Brandon McManus does at home to where he can get at a place like Seattle. So I probably would have gone with Russell Wilson, your quarterback that you just paid two hundred and fifty million dollars to. Uh, whether or not the analytics say that in that scenario you should try to go for a field goal or not. The situation is different if you are playing in Denver than if you are playing in Seattle. I agree. My only response to that is, is again, you brought up an interesting thing with the stats. That's a phenomenal stat about Russell Wilson, 54% fourth down. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. Better than, better than a 50% chance. But, again, 
the thing you brought up straight after that was the context of the game. And Seattle was stuffing Denver on it. I mean, we saw oh. what happened on the goal line. They were like the fumbles and stopped them twice. So again, momentum like my gut would tell me, no, he's not going to do it. And again, you say that. Um, and again, with a kick, the only thing, again, I would bring up with a kick is it had the legs. It just directionally wasn't correct. So it's almost like, to me, I almost feel Nathaniel Hackett was vindicated with the decision because it actually had the legs. It, 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 it would have gone in if it was directionally correct. And, and it wasn't. It's, it's almost the opposite. If, you, if someone goes for a massive long field goal and it, it just dies, then you say, okay, well, that was dumb. But it, but it had the legs, so yeah. But I, I think it's that's that's a good time to to stop and move on. But I will say, you are yeah. now leading the division. <laughs> the we division are. leaders, first place, <laughs> the sole first place of the division. Uh, there we go. If only the playoffs started next week. <laughs> oh, they should. They really should. Uh, but moving along, uh, another game. The uh, for some people, it was the first game that they watched mm-hmm. all season. Uh, that was Bengals versus Steelers yeah. in Cincinnati. Game that apparently nobody wanted to win for the longest period of time. Kicks being missed left and right. Ball being turned over, <laughs> over and over and over again. Nobody wanted to keep it. Nobody wanted to hold on to it. Uh, it ended up being a field goal to decide the game uh, as time expired in overtime. And the Steelers ended up walking away with that victory. I watched that game. And if you know anything about me, you, you know that I think that the Steelers are the villains of the NFL. Uh, I, I personally never root for them, but it's one of those things that, you know, we, ju- we could just move on. I, <laughs> that game was really fascinating. The Steelers players were playing out of their minds on defense. Really, really sad to see TJ Watt, who was playing like a man possessed all day, get that injury. But, but Alex Highsmith, he played phenomenal. Mika Fitzpatrick played phenomenal. Even without TJ Watt, I think this defense has a chance to be able to do something special. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was, a, it was a game that just no one seemed to want to win. It was, and it was weird to see Evan, McPher- Evan McPherson, who was just a brilliant kicker all of last year. He just missed, a, he missed an extra point, did he? And then he had a, a two field goal misses. Um, and obviously he had the... Well, he didn't miss an extra point. He had a block. He had a, blo- he, he had a blocked extra point. Um, and then the the in overtime, the, I think believe it was only a twenty nine yarder to yeah, and, and he and he shanked it. And I will say, when he had made a fifty nine field yard field goal yeah, earlier. And, and I will say that 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 field goal attempt, it was just the the, the snapper got it all wrong. It was a high snap, and he couldn't get the laces yeah. um, facing away. But it, but yeah, that that was it was just weird, like missed field goals. It was just errors all over the shop. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean. You can, only, you can only give a team so many chances to win before the other team is going to say, right, this is our chance now. Um, and I think that's what happens. Yeah. It, was, it was as if the Bengals did, just did not, were finding ways to lose that game. And, and after so many chances, you're just like, you know the Steelers have it. But I think, again, it just shows the Steelers' pedigree. The, they, they just have this never-say-die attitude. It's a, they're an embodiment of their coach and just that city and... You know, they just lost a legend in Big Ben, although obviously last few years he wasn't great. But, you know, they're moving on. Mitch Trubisky actually looks okay. He didn't look, he didn't look that bad. He, he, looked, looks, okay. he looked okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, they got the win. Yeah. You know my opinions about Coach Tomlin. I think he's one of the, the, the greats yes. in the league right oh, now. Yeah. And I think as we see him continue to develop this team post-Big Ben, you're going to see more greatness from him. You can never expect for them to have anything less than a winning record every season from this time forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving along, Chiefs-Cardinals. What is going on with Kyler Murray? <laughs> well, I love how that, that was your first question because I'm, I'm going to go to the other side. I'll, I'll leave you Kyler Murray to begin with, but although I'm going to touch on that. To me, this was all about the Chiefs. I mean, all, all off-season, all summer, everyone's like, oh, the Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs and they've lost Tyreek Hill and this, that and the other. And it's just like, no, it doesn't matter who's in there because they got... They got Patrick Mahomes, enough said. I mean, that's all. He is who we think he is. 360 yards, five touchdowns. He's got Travis Kelsey, who I believe, when all is said and done, may become the greatest tight end ever. Uh, I mean, he's just, he's just phenomenal. He's effectively a wide receiver. And uh, yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster actually had a pretty decent game. 
Valdez Scantling kind of chipped in. When you have Patrick Mahomes, he makes other people around you better. Um, it, it's almost that Peyton Manning effect when he was in Denver, when, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas just were, were studs. They were like pro bowlers and then they go other places and they're not very, and why it's because of the quarterback. Um, the, the Chiefs were phenomenal. Um, my, my only takeaway with the other side is, yeah, I, this is going to be an interesting season with, with Arizona. Again, they've got, they've got a lot of talent, but there's just always been question marks about Kyler Murray and his leadership. And then those questions are not going to go away because they just didn't, they didn't look great. Um, and Arizona just gave all that money to him. And, um, you know, it is only one game. And they, they, are, they were playing one of the best teams in the league with the best quarterback in the league. It's not a death sentence if you get destroyed by arguably the best AFC team over the past four years or right. so. Like losing to the, 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 the Chiefs, that's not, well, clearly you're terrible. But the thing that I was more alluding to when I said, what's going on with Kyler Murray? If you watch that game, he never let his emotions like get to any point other than the fact that he looks disinterested with the game. He just didn't seem to have a lot of energy. He's just going through the motions. I didn't see anybody like try to rally behind him. I didn't see him like try to get his guys going. He just came, seemed to be his normal aloof self that we've come to expect. And he didn't even score a touchdown up until the fourth quarter when they were down 37 to 7. Now they ended up getting a a two-point conversion on that first touchdown. Right. 13 minutes left to play and they're down by 30 like sure they could potentially statistically theoretically get back into the game but like at that point like like i want to see some fire come out of kyler if i want to be able to believe that he's a quarter billion dollar player but at this point i'm, I'm not convinced i'm not sure and I, I i i think that this might be the start of the end of the cliff kingsbury era if this is more well you're right because it's like well you just gave your quarterback all that money so you can't if it's between the coach and the quarterback you're going to get rid of the coach not the quarterback because you yeah. just invested a quarter of a billion dollars in him um but lots of guarantee right too. and um i don't think those those are legit questions that you asked he's he's always seemed a bit disinterested and doesn't galvanize teammates around him however now th and this is my humble opinion I often feel Russell Wilson is that way. Um, it was interesting after Denver scored their first touchdown and they showed Russell Wilson sort of saying, come on to his teammates. He's a guy who tries to get everybody focused on the game. Mm. He'll talk to his teammates. He'll talk to everybody. He might not be screaming obscenities or like yelling at people like some other people like Tom Brady right. does, but he's still trying to be involved and get everybody rallied. Kyler Murray just right, he goes, he goes back to the bench. Yeah, I mean they've been question marks for the last two years and legitimately even some of his teammates have come out. I'm sure they've leaked things to the press and said, he's not a great leader. And I am going to say I, leadership is something that you, you cannot coach. People either have it or they no. don't. Um, not just in football, but in life. And I, I, I feel that you get, you, you know, we would talk about the intangibles. Some people haven't, some people don't. And he, he, he just, doesn't seem to be that that guy. I think he expects people to that he's kind of the the, the 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 sort of greatest talent around. And if you don't catch a ball, that's your fault, not his fault. And it's not like okay, we're in this together. Yeah. Let's 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 do the next one. Yeah, they they don't want to go away, and and they could they could be in a bit of a world of trouble. Like if things continue, the worst thing that could possibly happen in the NFL happened. The actual worst thing that could possibly happen in the NFL happened. A game went to a tie. <laughs> a game went to a tie. I mean, you know my thoughts about ties. Like, th 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 there's no worse thought that could happen. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. The drama's just like, well, is the, what happened? Like, I've said this before. It's like kissing your sister. So, having a draw is like kissing your sister. Nobody wants that. Like, uh, I, 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 like the worst possible thing happened, Biz. I, I'm just beside myself. You finished? <laughs> Can I ask a question? Do, do mm -hmm. either of the Colts or the Texans have a loss at the moment? They both have one loss. <laughs> in our hearts. In America's heart. They have a loss. That they share. This is gonna, a public announcement message. <laughs> Dear America, a draw is better than a loss.
I'm going to say no. that again. A draw is better than a loss. That, that should be the title of this episode. Bec- so mm. what, what's the Colts record? 0-1-1. Oh, and one. Uh, They've never won. It's, it's just a... 0-0-1. 0-0-1. Oh, 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 the worst one. thing happens at oh, the end. Oh, and one. It gets worse oh, as you oh, get to the one. end. Oh, it gets worse, right. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Texans haven't lost yet. And neither are the Colts. Get, let's get to the next game. There are lots of teams that are 0-1. The Colts and the Texans are not. Enough said. A draw Enough said. is better than a loss. You know, good effort. I'm sorry, good we effort don't in, get a point like you do in your Good tables. effort, Colts. Colts and Texans. I'm going to golf clap them. Golf clap them. It, end, it ended clap. in a draw, which is better than a loss. You both have not lost yet. You are, they are undefeated. They, they both are undefeated. Is that not correct? America took a loss on this one. <laughs> Uh, you know, but, moving along. But by, oh, no. by the t- no, by the time, by the time that this podcast, where, where, however long it goes for, by the time I will, I will get you over to my side. A draw is better than a loss on so many levels. We have a couple more games we want to bring up. We're going to do them in rapid fire style. Uh, Panthers Browns. Uh, Browns kicked that field goal to be able to rob Baker Mayfield of his vengeance. And if all goes according to plan, he won't get another shot at them until he goes to another team or if he stays with the Panthers for another four years or so. Yeah, true. It was actually, you know, a, a bit of a furious comeback by the Panthers because the Browns were were kind of running away with it. Um, yeah, Browns just robbed yeah. them at the end. So Baker, Baker didn't get his revenge. Eagles-Lions, let's move on to that quickly. Eagles went out yeah. ahead. It was, I mean, A.J. Brown. Monster game. Uh, I think the, the most ever in an Eagles debut for a receiver. But mm-hmm. give Lions their due. We talked about them being a little bit better. Lions mounted a furious comeback. They could have possibly, you know, if they got the ball back at the end, had a chance to, uh, to, to win it at the end. Your thoughts? Uh, Jared Goff had a fit, few too many incompletions to my liking, but he looked like a game-managing quarterback. DeAndre Swift looked phenomenal. Yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is going to start sliding into a a more per volume situation. Uh, ultimately, I'm 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 thrilled with them, but you know the Eagles putting up monster yeah. points in their first week this season. I think that they have a chance to be that number one seed. Pats Dolphins Dolphins continuing to hold dominance over the Pats as this post Tom Brady era goes on. Yeah, Dolphins look good. Two two look good again. Sort of game, mm-hmm. sort of game manager plus. Jalen Waddle did his thing. Uh, we all know how I feel about Jalen Waddle. Uh, Pats, yep. Pats didn't look good. Um, you already started to hear it now, you know, the, the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era. I think it's starting to show how people often used to say how good Bill Belichick was. I think it started to show now, like more people are moving over. You know what? It was Tom Brady that made that team tick for two decades. Um, I will say it's early doors, but um, yeah, Pats, oh, yeah, that, it was, it was so week one, but yeah, Dol- Dolphins, Dolphins look solid. Yeah. Yep. So, moving on, Giants-Titans. Now, what an ending to the game that the, the new head coach playing with house money, going, go, believing mm-hmm. in his team, going for two at the end. Saquon Barkley, we've already touched about, a monster game, getting in there at the end for the two-point. What, what a finish. What a finish. If this is what the Giants are going to look like for all seasons, with Brian Dayball going with this this kind of ballsy mm. move on a consistent basis saying, we're not playing for the tie because of ties. It's been a loss. And we're going to go for this That's win. Uh, I love That's it. I love it. I, I'm sad to see the Titans sliding back a little mm. bit. But, you know, I think that without A.J. Brown, this team has to figure out things on yeah. offense. We're going to see them develop and advance as this season progresses. Vikings, Packers. I mean, like, I called it, and I think you called it too, that we think the Vikings are going to take a massive step forward this year. And I don't think anybody expected this kind of a dominance over the Packers. No, um, this was this was a surprising result to me because I thought Aaron Rodgers will 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 come out and show you know what without Devontae Adams. But this happened last year. Do you remember they got crushed by the Saints in in their in their first they did. game? And it's I hate to and they ended up with the number one right. seed. I, I think the Packers are going to be fine. They they just always slow starters. The Vikings, on the other hand, showed why they could be a team on the rise. Talked about Kirk Cousins. He is a stat padder at quarterback. I don't believe him in the playoffs. When, when it counts, is he going to be that guy? No, I don't believe he is. But in the regular season, almost week one, where there's not really much at stake, go out there, he does his thing. Justin Jefferson, absolute beast. Um, still got Dalvin Cook. 
Um, I reckon Justin Jefferson will, you know, will show why he's the best receiver in the league this year. He's an absolute stud. Um, yeah, Vikings get the win. That's our conclusion of recapping week one. We have a few games that we want to break up in anticipation of week two. Uh, a couple of thoughts that we have on who y'all should be focusing on in these matchups for fantasy. Uh, the big one, big one, biggest one in my mind for this week is happening on Thursday nights, and, mm. that, and that's Chargers Chiefs. You have massive fantasy implications in this first game of the week. And depending on what happens in this week, you may see people trying to trade players, trying to get a little bit of advantage. If certain players don't perform to expectations, Austin Eckler was quiet this past week. I think a lot of people are hoping that he bounces back for a monster week this week. Who are you looking for in this game, Chargers versus Chiefs, to make a massive impact? I think, again... Um... This is to me. This is the game of the week, and it's it's obviously happening on Thursday night. Chargers Chargers had a good win against the Raiders. Um, Justin Herbert did his thing. I believe he had two hundred and seventy nine yards, three touchdowns. Um, obviously, you know they're going to be without Ke- Keenan Allen, which is a big loss for the Chargers. So I think that's a that, that's a loss. big loss, and I and I think it it, it puts the Chiefs as as favourites. Chiefs are playing at home. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Again, I, there's something about the Chargers I, I just don't trust. And a lot of it has to do with, with the coach. Talent-wise, talent I think the Chargers have everything, even without Keenan Allen. But I, I think, again, you're looking at Mahomes, you're looking at Kelsey. And on the Chargers side, you're looking at Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler will want to bounce back and have, a, have more of an impact than he did. I think they will try to utilize him and get him more involved than, than they did last weekend. Uh, but it's going to be a great game. I, I'm, I, I'm, picking, I'm going to pick the Chiefs because I, 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 I think they're, they're on a mission this year to sort of prove people wrong, that they're going to be okay without Tyreek Hill. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, should be, it should be a great game. Uh, if I had to put money on this week's game, I'd actually be picking the Chargers. I know that the Chargers are losing Keenan Allen this week, but you could argue as well that the Chiefs are losing their top wide receiver, not considering tra- Travis Kelsey wide receiver, even though he's their best receiving target. But a lot of the receivers this past week were having problems. Juju Smith-Schuster did not handle the ball well this past week, and I still think that they're trying to figure out who's going to be the guy that takes them over the top. Uh, lots of drops in the game against the Cardinals uh, as uh, they, Pat Mahomes was trying to stretch the field. The, the thing that I want to keep an eye out for the Chargers, honestly, as boring as this sounds, is I want to see how that pass rush for the Chargers deals with the offensive line for the Chiefs. Chiefs have made a lot of investment into, into free agents and trades and draft picks to protect Pat Mahomes. But Pat Mahomes is going to be dealing against the likes of both Joey Bosa and Khalil yes. Mack this week. And I want to see how he responds to that type of a pass rush with this offensive line. Not saying, hey guys, for fantasy-wise, keep an eye out for that, that defense. But th- that's going to be the fantasy impact that's going to tell this game. I agree. I think they're going to be facing a much better defense than they did last week, obviously, with Arizona. I will say, and I, you know, I forgot to mention him, but you know, Improper Mark's favorite player, CEH. He went, he had a tour, he went on a tear last week. And um, he, he said, if it's possible not to hate him even more, he hates him even more because he didn't have him <laughs> and he was brilliant last week. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Mark, you should have taken him. You should have picked up CEH because he does look good. Well, hate, hate oh, is a strong word. You should have. Um, yeah, from a fantasy perspective. Vikings and Eagles, the two most explosive yeah. teams in the NFC last week playing against each other. Derek Barnett looks like he's going to be missing substantial time for the Eagles. That could slow down the pass rush that the Eagles have been leaning on. Oh, I, I, I don't know why. I, I trust Jalen Hurts more than I trust Kirk Cousins. And even though I think that Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson are the best offensive players in, in this game, I, I, for some reason, just feel like the Eagles are going to come out of this one and Jalen Hurts is going to have a monster game. I, I agree. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a monster game last week and he's going to have a monster game I think again this week um, we talked about leadership with Kyler Murray and we touched on this with Jalen Hurts he's a guy that people want to play for regardless of talent whether he's they good or not they want to play good, for him that his teammates want to play for him and the one position where that counts more than anything is quarterback and I agree I think if if it's between the two quarterbacks who do I trust more I actually trust Jalen Hurts more than Kirk Cousins particularly this is too. this is in Philadelphia Correct. Yeah. So, I so. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a close game because, yeah, you're right. Kirk Cousins in the regular season is good. They got Justin Jefferson. They got Dalvin Cook. Still got Adam Thielen. I, I, I think the Eagles are going to get the win. Um, I think Eagles, Eagles look good. AJ Brown has been a, a massive ad. Devontae Smith is very quiet. He hasn't got going yet, and 
maybe this might be a the week where he shows up too. Um, they've got two stud wide receivers now. So, and, and don't forget, like we've been critical of Miles Sanders. Yeah. Miles Sanders had a great first week. Finally got a touchdown. Yeah, he had a great. He had a great week. They, they've got all the pieces Philadelphia yeah. to be a really good team this year. Titans Bills looks like it's going to be another interesting matchup. Uh, Bills dominating the defending champions. The Titans. Going to the very, very end against the Giants, it's easy to take a look at those first-week matchups and say that uh, these are teams that are moving into different trajectories. I'm not willing to move off of the Titans as far as the season's concerned. I think it's a bit much to suggest that the Titans are going to hold their own against this hellacious Bills offense and defense. But I think you're going to see the Titans try to get the ball running more with Derrick Henry in this specific matchup just because the corners for the Bills and the secondary safeties are also a bit much to handle. So I think they're going to lean on Derrick Henry a bit more. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, Derrick Henry, I, th- I believe he had 79 yards last week. It wasn't terrible, but um, I-, I feel that they're going, to, they're going to want to get him much more involved and get him back to carrying the ball 20, 25 times. That's, that's, that's mm. their brand of football. And I agree. I think it's, it's easy to, you know, after one week and say, oh, yeah, you know, the Titans are descending, the Bills are ascending. The Bills are sort of who we thought they, they were and they are going to be. They're a, they're a great team all around. I can't see the Titans winning this game. Um, it's in Buffalo. Yep. I, I think the Bills are going to... I think it, it's probably going to be closer than a lot of... I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but um, I think the Bills are going to get the win. Colts and Jaguars. Doesn't necessarily on paper <laughs> look like it's going to be an interesting fantasy impl- uh, fantasy week, but a couple things to keep in mind. The Jaguars, they gave up a lot of passing yards last week, and this could be the perfect thing for Matt Ryan to be able to start getting a consistent passing game going with Michael Pittman Jr., uh, maybe throwing a little bit out of the back to Jonathan Taylor. Those guys could get going a little bit. So you got three potential fantasy players going on for that Colts defense. I think everybody's waiting to see if Shaq Leonard plays for the Colts. That could completely change the dynamic of the defense. On the Jaguars again, though, like Trevor Lawrence, he had a very, very good first game. And Christian Kirk looked very good in his first out. You know, I'm hoping it ends in another draw, so the Colts still will be undefeated. Personally, I think that'll be that'll be a great result. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> a draw is better than a, you know what? I'm hoping the Colts go 0 and seventeen. That'd be brilliant. They'll be undefeated. Worst team of all time. <laughs> oh really? Worst, worst team of, of worst all than, time. So let me you hear you've heard it here first. So you were honestly saying to me that in your eyes, a team that draws all their seventeen matches is worse than a team that lost all sit like the Detroit Lions that went 0 and sixteen. I, I will yes say no. that because if you go, oh, Owens, oh, uh, yes, yes, oh, 100%. My. I think that that's worse than that. And the reason why is because if you go, oh, oh, and 17, American. you haven't won a game all season and you don't get the first pick in the draft. <laughs> Actually, that's So you that's can't fair. get that, dramatically okay. better. Uh, okay, fair. Yeah, you see, I, I wasn't thinking about that at all. You see, you, you just have ulterior motives. I was just thinking about the pure, <laughs> you would be undefeated for a season. That's, that's, that's pretty good. This is America. You think we care about sportsmanship? <laughs> but uh, getting back to Come it, on. I think um, I think that there are some in, it, there's some interesting um, storylines here. I think Jags played well um, against the Commanders. They showed that they're not going to be as bad as they were. It's it's in Jacksonville. You know, you look. We talked about Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully, he can have another big big game. I'm tempted to go with the Jags in this game, but I, I think the Colts are going to pull it out. Uh, honestly, I don't know who I pick in this game. I think I might have to wait to longer him. in the week to be able to see who I would pick. Yeah. Uh, last game I want to bring up is Bucks versus Saints. Uh, these are both teams that I think looked a little bit differently in week one than we expected. The Bucks offense was not that particularly great against the Cowboys defense. Saints uh, were holding their own against the Falcons and had to come back to be able to get that win by one point against what a lot of people think might be the worst team in the league. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the Saints team develops, but again, fantasy implications. Are we going to see Alvin Kamara actually have a decent game coming back? Jameis Winston taking that step forward. You know, that uh, Taysom Hill was the leading rusher for the Saints this past week, so that's going to yeah. be interesting there going forward. Cordero Patterson, I think like like he, he's having the same beginning of the season tear, or he's starting that like he did last year. 22 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown last week. Lots of interesting stuff that you could have. Even the kicker, Young Way Koo, was the highest scoring kicker in fantasy last week. Yeah, I, I think the Bucks Saints is going to, again divisional matchup. I think the Bucks again. I brought it up in the beginning of this episode. Winning ugly. They won ugly last year. They weren't. They weren't great, and they yeah. still got the win. The Cowboys weren't great either, but you know they got the win. Their their offense did splutter a little bit, but 
you know, it's another week. The Saints, you know, it was it was almost a tale of two halves, as we say in my kind of football. I mean, they started off very slowly. Atlanta kind of went out on a tear. And the Saints mounted a furious comeback um, and won it right at the death. I mean, Michael Thomas had a, had a great game, you know, his first game basically in two years. So, you know, J- Jameis was a bit slow to get going, but, you know, he, he was out injured. And I think, I think, you know, having that game and they got the win, they won ugly too. It's going to be interesting to see that game. I, I'm tempted to pick the Saints because it's a divisional matchup. But yeah. I, it's hard to go against the Bucks. Well, that's our preview of next week. Clearly, there are a lot more games than that. Those are the ones we're highlighting because of interesting fantasy implications. We've been talking about who we would pick, who we wouldn't pick. And at this point, it's time for us to put our money where our mouth is. Let's recap what happened this past week. <laughs> it was not a good first week, was it, Biz? Well, not for me, but it was okay for you. I sadly picked... Um... I sadly picked uh, the Panthers to beat to beat the Browns, um, and Cleveland got the win. So I'm currently zero and one. But but you know you didn't lose. You didn't lose, Mark, did you? Tell the tell the listeners out there who you picked. I picked Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis uh, did get that tie, and 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 you know by, by your reason, by your reason, with a, a a draw being better than a loss, that means. I should technically get a half point so, for this. Is that you know what? what? In the in the interest of fairness, you you heard it here first. Yes, I'm always preaching to the choir about this. I'm going to leave it to you because you have said how drawing is un-American. So I am going to uh-huh. leave it to you. You are welcome to take a half point, or you are welcome to take the L. You you did say that as Pickham goes, it doesn't count because you only get points for a win. But I'm I'm a man of my word, as you know very well. So I will leave it to my esteemed co-host. The decision is in your hands. So going to week two, Biz and I are tied at zero points. <laughs> oh, I because... love that. Stay. Oh, I love that. Sorry, Stay sorry, low. sorry. Actually, hold on, hold on. Going into week two, Biz is up zero to negative one <laughs> against Mark. <laughs> no, nah, we, we got zero to zero. Justin put in his uh, prediction of San Francisco over Chicago last week as well. So our guest prediction is currently at zero points. Everybody's essentially starting with a clean slate. This week's guest pick is going to be from Improper Mark. And Biz, who has he selected for his selection? So CEH's personal groupie, Improper Mark, he has selected the Miami Dolphins over the Ravens. That is a, that's a good pick. Um, that, that's going to be a good game too. And it's a good pick. Um, Dolphins had a great week. Um, Ravens won. Uh, I, you know, that's going, that's going out on a bit of a limb for me. I'm tempted to... That, but is, that's, that's a ballsy pick. It's a pick. bold pick, but good effort. Good effort. Biz, last week I left it on you, being the survival pick champion from last year, to be able to get the first pick uh, as far as selecting. Uh, neither of us won last week. Do you want to go ahead and take the first pick this week again? Well, you know what? No. In the interest of, of fairness, you did do better than me. Neither of us won, but you did get a draw. So um, in the interest of, as I mentioned, a draw is better than a loss. So uh, why don't you go ahead this week? All right. I'm going to pick uh, a team that I think is has showed what it's more like for the first half of the season. I think they're a team that can actually succeed go about like eight to ten wins this season but at at this point they've showed that they can struggle against teams that are lesser than themselves uh i'm gonna pick the denver broncos this week to be able to take out the texans uh i don't have a lot of faith in what the texans can do this year they did get that tie against the colts and they can i suppose play up to their competition maybe davis mills will prove me wrong but i I think russell wilson is going to win in his home opener that's that's a good. That's a good pick. I mean, Broncos over the Texans. I, I, that's a that's a good pick. Yeah, uh, I like I like that pick. I, I can see why you made that pick. A Broncos home opener. I can see Texans aren't aren't great. So I can I can see um, mm-hmm. I can see you going with that. So there are two that spring out to me. We talked touched on one fixture already. Titans at Bills. And the other one that springs to mind is Cardinals Raiders. I I think the Raiders might bounce back and get the win against the Cardinals, but because mm-hmm. I want to get get the ball rolling and I want to get a win, I am going to go with I'm I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills over Tennessee. Um, I, I I just think the Bills use your Buffalo pick all wet already. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I just feel that I feel that the, the, it's it's their home opener. 
Um, mm-hmm. That crowd's going to, we all know what that crowd in Buffalo's like. It's going to be a Monday night game. I think they're just going to have too much for the Titans. I think it's going to be a closer, a closer game than people think, but I'm going to pick Buffalo over the, over the Titans. Recapping our picks for this week. Improper Mark for the guests picks this week uh, has selected Miami over the Ravens. I went ahead and took Denver over the Texans, and you have taken the Buffalo Bills over the, uh, the Tennessee Correct. Titans. Uh, solid picks around. Let's see if any of us actually pick something correct this week. Uh, I do want to throw it out to our listeners that Biz and I are contemplating making the pickums a little spicy this yeah. year. Last year it was for bragging rights, but we're contemplating after week four, I think there needs to be some stakes. We have to have some idea of like, if you lose, but the other one wins that week, should there be a penalty that we go through and keep rolling week to week to week? Or something I'd be more happy with is at the end of the year, whoever loses has to pick up the bar tab for the other one. It's something for stakes. But but we want to leave this up to our listeners. So we have a couple weeks before we're going to go ahead and start implementing that. If you have an idea what our punishment or a penalty or what the stakes should be, hit us up on our social media. Again, our Twitter is at Improper Fantasy. Our Instagram is Improper Fantasy Football. And if you wanted to reach to us directly via our Gmail, that's going to be Improper Fantasy Podcast. We would love to interact with you. Please follow us, like us, tweet at us, email us. We just love getting messages. That is a huge first week recap. Biz, do you have any shout outs? Yes, I really have only one in this time. And um, uh, I'm going to shout out... uh, the Queen of England. Um, everyone knows um, she she passed away last week. Our longest ever serving monarch, uh, 70, 70 years on the throne. I I had the I've had the pleasure of meeting her on a number of occasions um, in my in my other career. And uh, yeah, I, she's she's the only only monarch I've ever known, and she's the only monarch a lot of people around the world have ever known. You know, uh, and so I just wanted to to shout her out. She. She took the monarchy into the sort of 21st century. And what, whatever anyone's view about monarchies are or political views or about whether they're a good or a bad thing, someone just lost their mum, their, their, their grandmother, their great-grandmother. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a time of mourning back home. I'm actually going back to London tomorrow for about 10 days. So I, I will be there for mm-hmm. the funeral. Um, and so it will be, you know, solemn times back in the UK. But yeah, so shout out to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Long live the king. Uh, I do have a shout out this week in one of the other sports that you and I love to be able to follow. Women's tennis this past week. I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Iga Svantec, uh, who she's had brilliant. her third. She's brilliant. She's phenomenal to watch. It's, if you haven't watched her play at this point, she just won her third Grand Slam yeah. title, the U.S. Open. Uh, she's been ranked number one since April, and she is just a blast to watch play. Uh, this is one of, in my mind, one of those golden eras uh, of watching new talent develop within the women's game. Just go ahead and give it a watch. I, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with how great women's tennis is these days. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair shout out. She is great. She's one, you know, often in women's, on the women's side, there's been various random winners of majors, but she has won three in quick succession. And I think she's going to be here to stay. Um, so, I think yeah. so too. And with that, my coffee is empty. Mine too. Biz, the only thing I have to say as a result of that is uh, cheers. Cheers. Till next time.